Welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, featuring your host, Angela Harders. We're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom, and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Hello, and welcome to the Peaceful World Schoolers podcast, where we are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our very own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harders, and I'm a special education teacher, gentle parenting author, and a proud world schooling mother to two amazing children, Sophia, who is seven, and Benjamin, who is three. Today on the Peaceful World Schoolers podcast, I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to Miss Leah Stein. Um, So Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. So before we get started, would you mind just sharing with um, with our audience a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure, definitely. I am a mom of three. I have two boys, ages 12 and nine, and a little baby girl who is about 15 months old. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but it's working very well. Um, I've been homeschooling for about eight years now and I kind of just started because my husband's schedule is crazy cause he's a chef. So it was, uh, I was at the doctor's office and decided, um, you know what, I'm just not going to get this form and I'm going to, we're going to try it for kindergarten. And here we are eight years later. So it's worked wow. well for us. That's amazing. Um, so actually you, you, I feel like you kind of jumped right into what I, what my first oh, question sorry. I wanted to ask you, no, that's perfect. Um, I wanted to ask you how exactly you decided to homeschool. Like how did you make that decision to kind of transition to homeschooling or were you all always homeschooling from the beginning? Um, well, I never planned on homeschooling. Um, my oldest went to preschool at a church and a couple of his friends, parents decided that they were going to homeschool. So I started considering it and I was like, no, that's weird. That's for like weird people. (laughs) It's not for me. (laughs) And um, then I, you know, I was thinking more and more about it. And my husband's like, no, they need the socialization. They need to go to school. They need to be able to have their friends. What happens when they go to prom or don't go to prom? You know, these are the life events that, you know, they need. And uh, like I said, I was at the doctor's office. I was getting his physical done for, to start kindergarten. We had even went to the school and did the bus ride and all the stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm getting the paperwork filled out and I'm texting with my husband back and forth. I mean, he was, you know, the one where you have to hit three, 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 one, two, three, one, two, three to get the letters. <laughs> yep. And, um, well, I was just like, we need to try it for kindergarten. And he's like, okay, we'll try it for kindergarten. So we tried it and that was it. I mean, if they didn't, if I didn't homeschool them, they would rarely see their dad. Wow. Um, today, I mean, he works in the schools now, the colleges. Mm-hmm. So his schedule is a little bit more normal, 
But when we started all this, he was working in hotels and he was working. I mean, he'd go to work at 10 o'clock in the morning and he wouldn't get home till two o'clock in the morning. And that was normal. And that was six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Wow. And if he had a day off, it was like a Tuesday. So So. was your husband like on board with the decision to homeschool or, or do you feel like it kind of took him some time to adjust to the idea? Um, well, it took some time and a lot of, well, you know, this is, it's not really that weird. It's, you know, there are things and you know what, when it comes to prom time, if there's not a prom, I'll make one. <laughs> <laughs> I love so. that. I love that. And, and it's interesting that your husband, his, it seems like his main concern was about the socialization aspect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the most common arguments that I hear when families are thinking about homeschooling. It's like the first thing they say is, well, what about socialization? How are they going to socialize? And that is I, the worst. It is. And <laughs> especially as a teacher, I always thought that was so weird because, you know, I'm like, have you ever stepped foot in a classroom? I'm like, right. teachers are everybody like, be quiet. Um, yeah, everyone be quiet. You got to raise your hand to talk. Don't talk to your friends. You know, you need to do your work. Um, so I feel like as homeschoolers, I think they get more opportunities to socialize than kids that are in school. Would, would do, do you feel the same or, or is oh, yeah. socialization? Well, it really depends on the family because there are families that don't socialize. They are, they say, okay, we're doing school. Everything else falls to the wayside and we don't have time to go out. We don't have time to go out. But if you make it a point to make sure that they're getting that socialization, it's going to be a Mm -hmm. non-issue. We spent that whole kindergarten year making friends. That's what we did. We made friends all year. Um, We played. Um, Well, where I was from, where I'm from Virginia beach, there's a huge homeschooling community. So kind of one friend went to another friend and then we kind of made our little clan of friends Uh and you know, some came, some went, but for the most part, we stuck with the same friends. We still have the same friends that we started with, with an addition of some other random people and, you know, other connections that we've come across. But, and I feel like they're solid friendships. It's not like the fleeting friendships. Yeah. Um, so I I don't feel like it was that hard really. I mean, cause I made that effort Mm -hmm. just like when we moved, we moved in February here to, um, Fredericksburg area and, you know, once we got settled, I joined this local homeschooling group and I'm like, okay, we're signing up for this, 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 you know, is it stressful? Yeah. Is it time consuming? Yeah. But you know what? They're starting to meet people. They're making friends. I mean, they're also wrestlers. So they're wrestling club. They make friends right off the bat. So that's helpful too. And apparently half of their wrestling friends homeschool too. So that works. That's great. So you have them in, in like formal activities, like Mm -hmm. sports and wrestling, but you also took that initiative to really seek out friends on your own. And, um, I I think it's interesting too, that it's, you're so right. Like there are families that do choose to kind of not socialize as much. Um, but if that is something that's a concern for parents, I think it's important to know that they, that they can, you know, like there are easy there's with Facebook and Instagram, there's so many opportunities to connect with other people who are like-minded who are doing what you're doing who are looking for friends even if they sit here and do a zoom call with their friend yeah there's even online classes now like face-to-face stuff where the kids can play together on these classes we don't do any of those but (laughs) there are them yeah I love that 
And even for us too, I think that was a really big part for me too. When my, my first year homeschooling was, you know, I didn't want just friends for my daughter, but I realized like I needed friends too, as a homeschooling mom, you know, I'm like, I need, I need friends that are in this journey as well that mm-hmm. you know have, can help me and come alongside me and kind of build our community and build our, our tribe where we are. And, um, yeah. And one other thing that you said that stuck out to me too, was that, you know, your husband mentioned he was concerned about them missing out on prom and (laughs) your response to that was, well, if it comes to that, we'll just create our own, you know, why not? I, I love that, that it's like, you can see these, these things that you want for your children to have and to experience, but, being homeschooled doesn't limit them from being able to have those or experience those things. Right. Well, and then also, but I look, I look back and I also look back at how important my prom was. Mm -hmm. Was it really though? (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, I remember it, but it wasn't like a impactful moment on my life. Right. You know, but I'm also a lot older, you know, I guess as a teenager, it's still important to some kids, but if they don't know any different, are they really missing out? That is very true. Yeah. A lot of the things that, that we think are important, it's like we have these emotional attachments to certain ideas. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's just not what, what the reality is, or, you know, even different kids have different perspectives. I mean, I know kids that go to public school and they could care less about prom or homecoming or any of those. Right. Yeah. It all depends uh, on the individual and also like what you introduce them to. I mean, as a homeschooler, you're responsible for introducing them or not introducing to them, them to stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and one of the other things too, about homeschooling, I, so I, I teach an introduction to homeschooling class. And one of the things that I do in that class is I share about the different kind of homeschooling styles. Um, so my family's homeschool style, uh, we call ourselves peaceful world schoolers. Um, part, partly because I don't like the term unschooling. Um, but I was wondering if you could share with, um, with us, what type of homeschool style does your family choose to adopt? Well, we loosely based on the Charlotte Mason homeschooling style. Um, I say loosely because I'm not strict with it. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a very in-depth thing to do if you're going to, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's and, do it how Charlotte Mason would want you to do it. Yeah. And I don't have the time for that. I'm sorry. I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for people who are listening that maybe are not familiar with the Charlotte Mason method, could you explain a little bit about what that is or what that looks like for you and your family? Um, I know you guys don't follow it strictly, but I guess in in theory, what it would look like and then how it looks for you guys. The best way I can kind of describe it is it's based on good literature based on biographies it's based on living books where you're you know reading and it's not just reading facts and facts and facts and facts it's about a story about George Washington and but it's true you know it's a true story about how George Washington grew up and all the things and there's a lot of lot of books like that and it's based on you treating your children like they are living beings and like they're little humans, little adults <laughs> that are going to grow up and to be adults, <laughs> you know, and not just some child who has dumb and doesn't know anything. Right. So like one thing like she says is to read the Bible from the Bible, not don't read a children's Bible. Oh, wow. Because they can grasp it. You're, mm. you're not giving them the credit that they deserve 
by reading them, reading to them like a baby. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, that that does. And I know I'm not verbing that right. And I'm sure that uh, the the strict Charlotte Masoners would probably be like, what are you saying? (laughs) But that is my take on it. And that's what I kind of live, do our school as I do a lot of nature studies. I do. um, We are actually using a gentle feast this year because it's our first year I've ever really bought a curriculum because Mm -hmm. I just couldn't build mine. I (laughs) just didn't have it in me this Uh year because we moved, had a baby, all the things. Yeah. So I was like, if we're ever going to start school this year, I need to buy a curriculum. So Mm -hmm. we started with a gentle feast and it's been going great. Just plugging in the stuff. I mean, the hardest part has been combining my kids in different subjects because their age is far enough apart that I can't combine everything, but close enough that I can combine some things. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering about that. Cause I, I know you have um, two older children, but then you also have a daughter that's 15 months. You said, yeah. Yeah. So how does, how does that work to teach? Like, how do you manage teaching two older children while also having a 15 month old all at the same time. Luckily she's really good. (laughs) She's a very good baby. So how our day looks is she gets up at like between six and seven every morning. So she wakes up, does her thing, eats, gets, and then when the boys wake up, we all eat breakfast. And then I put her down for her nap. We start school at nine 30. Um, we do timed lessons. So anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes per lesson, depending on what subject it is. Mm -hmm. And she normally wakes up right around our break. So we have a 20 minute break where everybody gets a snack or does whatever they want to do. Normally they eat because they always eat. Um, And then we go back in and we finish school by 12, 1230. So for that time when she's in there, she's fed. So she's happy and Mm -hmm. she just plays with her toys. And she has free reign of the the room that we have our school stuff in. We Uh call it our rec room. We have like big bean bags and um, all her toys and our school table. And uh, yeah, so she's actually really good. Like, luckily, she's very good baby. Well, that's good that you're able to kind of manage both. And I guess it helps too that she's still, you know, taking naps and things like that. So a little bit more focused time. You yeah, know, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I hear that girls will like sit still every once in a while and like color. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but yeah, well, I, I have mine are opposite. So I have, um, my daughter is seven and then my son is three. Mm. And so with her, I'm, I was very used to, you know, she was very independent in her play and she would sit and color or play with What's that like <laughs> it, it's amazing. Um, but it's, it's, you know, my son is, he's different, you know, he just, he wants to be in everything and climb on everything. So, um, I Mm -hmm. I feel like with him, you know, it's hard to just trust that I can let him, you know, play independently. Um, (laughs) they're just so, they're so different, you know? Um, but it, it is definitely something that I practice even with my son, you know, giving him opportunities that he can practice playing independently or giving him, you know, like a space that he's able to sit and do art, you know, like in his chair where I know he's not going to end up painting the walls or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, you know, kind of how we, how we handle that, but hopefully she will be, um, you know, able to kind of 
grow with you guys, you know, as she's hoping to grow up and you, you'll find your new groove. And, and of course, I mean, things always change over time too, right? Uh, we all go through different seasons in life, regardless of our age where, you know, we need to make adjustments to how we do things. And, um, and you know, we, we always end up figuring it out at the end, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it'll all, it'll all, uh, it'll all work out. It's just a matter of how it's going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And it always does. And and that's one of my favorite things about homeschooling is that, um, you know, no matter, no matter what we're doing, I feel like we have the freedom to try these different things and figure out what works and what doesn't work for us. And if we try something and we hate it, we can change it. You know, I did that a lot. Yeah. I I did that a lot at the beginning. I pieced together my stuff because I was like, you know what? We just don't really have, we weren't planning on this. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I did use a lot of printable worksheets and workbooks and Mm -hmm. random stuff. And um, I did that for a long time, for my first two years. Oh, wow. And then my other son, my younger son started homeschooling. So I was like, okay, I need to do something a little bit different. So I ended up buying like a math curriculum, but Uh like everything else, I'm still kind of piecing together, piecing together. And I kind of regret doing that because I feel like I have a lot of gaps that I'm filling in now mm-hmm. that I've noticed gaps over the past that. like two years. Um, like in like language arts, spelling, um, mm-hmm. some things that like in the Charlotte Mason, they're like, just trust the process, trust the process. And it's and whether I'm not doing the process right or whatever the case may be, the process isn't working. Mm-hmm. So or it wasn't working. I mean, now that I've, you know, there was just, they were having a problem with accountability. And so I started off, you know, last year I started doing tests and quizzes and things like on spelling and on math because they were acting like they weren't learning it and they would be like, Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. So we would like stay on the same thing forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially my oldest son. And we like didn't progress in math a lot because we were doing, um, I can't remember the math we were doing, but it was like, he just wasn't getting it here. He said he wasn't getting it, Mm -hmm. but as soon as I started giving him quizzes, he was like passing it all with flying colors. Mm. And so he was getting it more than he was thinking he was getting it. Yeah. And we could have moved forward a long time ago. So now we're like zipping right through it because he's getting it. And I'm like, if I ask you a question and you get it right, we're moving on, <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, but, but I'm like, no, if you, if you know it, you know it, you know, we, we switched to um, Strayer, not straight. Yeah. Strayer Upton math mm-hmm. and love it for him. Is it Strayer Upton? No, my gosh. Saxon math mm-hmm. for him. I'm sorry. The youngest is doing Singapore, mm-hmm. but um but he loves it. I feel like it's very easy to just move on if we don't need to do it. Every section has a review with a mixed practice. Mm-hmm. So I can just say, Hey, today you're doing your mixed practice to make sure that you're still on point with everything. And we're just moving right along. It's nice. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that was my biggest, my biggest issue with not having a set curriculum where the gaps or switching a lot, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean don't switch a lot because you need to find, switch until you figure out what works. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still tweak. So, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, and I love that, you know, that we have that flexibility to be able to find something that will meet their individual needs and that, 
you know, as you mentioned, like you can kind of go as fast or as slow as, as your child needs, you know? Right. Um, so we're, uh, we're actually unschoolers, so we don't use any sort of like formal curriculum. Are you familiar with unschooling? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so we don't use any like formal, you know, curriculum or anything like that, but, um, I can definitely relate to feeling that, that same kind of way, you know, of being, I was really nervous, um, at the beginning when we first started that my kids would experience gaps or that they would mm-hmm. be behind, you know, that was like a big fear that I had. Um, but as I'm, as I'm, you know, in the midst of this, I'm really getting that, you know, like there, there is no behind, you know, right. um, of our kids are on their own unique path and their own unique journey. And, um, and I can meet them exactly where they are and not have to worry about them being ahead or behind or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. A big thing that I heard when I first started homeschooling was like, oh, all the homeschoolers are, are advanced. They're all advanced. They're all ahead. <laughs> And I'm thinking, and I'm like, oh, cool. My kids will be ahead, you know? And then I'm like, you know, why do I, why do they want them to be ahead? Why can't they just be where they need to be? And I have 12 years to get them where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like. And even answering that question of like, what does that mean where they need to be? You know, like who defines where my child needs to be when they're 18 years old. Like who says right. that they need to be doing X, Y, Z. Right. I'm there 18. You yeah, know? that's true too. Yeah. I guess, I guess my, where they need to be would be if they want to go to college that they can get in and be yeah. successful. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, I know a lot of parents have expressed concerns about that, that if they choose to homeschool their kids, they're like, oh my gosh, how will they, you know, get into college or how will they transition into college? And, Um, and you're right. Like homeschoolers typically, regardless of the method that they've used to be homeschooled, um, whether it's traditional or Charlotte Mason or Waldorf or, um, unschooling or eclectic or whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like, they, they typically tend to do very, very well, um, when they do go on to colleges and universities, because I think they have that, um, homeschoolers in general, um, typically continue to have that love of, of learning, you know, and, um, and I feel like they maintain that natural curiosity that, that we have, um, when we're born. And also I've heard that, um, I was talking to somebody who was in a college, I can't remember if it was a professor or, or what it was, but they had homeschoolers as their students and they were, they said they're the best students because mm-hmm. I think it's because it's all new to them. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in a classroom like that. You know, I mean, they haven't been doing it for 12 years. Yeah. You know, they haven't been stuck in the same classroom listening to a professor drone on Mm -hmm. because that's not how they were taught. So it's a new adventure when they get to college. It's it's something different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And they have that like motivation to figure out how to do this new thing. And especially to the college level, like, you know, they're choosing to be there, right? Like no one's forcing them to be in college. Um, well, hope, hopefully no one's forcing them right. to care, but, um, but yeah, like when you're choosing your classes and you're choosing the, your career path and, and, you know, you're choosing what you want to learn about and what you're wanting to engage in. Um, I think there's a lot more of that, like buy-in and that own, you know, intrinsic motivation that they have of like, I want to learn this. And I want to figure right. it out, like you mentioned. Yeah. And the, I feel like, like, I know my kids follow a lot of what they want, like what they want to do. And there's ability to do so my Mm -hmm. oldest son loves aquariums 
He loves fish tanks. He started out with 10 gallon and now he has a 75 gallon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's currently breeding has a, his 10 gallon tank, which he's breeding Molly fish to make feeders for the fish that are in the big tank. So he's really into it. And he had a pond when we were in Virginia beach and we're going to do another one once we get figure out where we're going to put it. Uh But I mean, and he loves it. So he's following that passion and Mm -hmm. he's, you know, you can ask him anything about the fish in his tank and he will just spew off those facts. I mean, ask him how to spell a word and that's another story, but you know, it's all about his fish. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's amazing that he has that opportunity to explore his, his passions in, in a way that's meaningful for him. Yeah. I mean, there's been days where he's like, my levels are off. Can I skip school today? Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a valid, valid reason. Mm-hmm. Get your fish tanks right. <laughs> so <laughs> it happens. That's really cool. So he's really passionate about, um, about fish. What are your other children passionate about? Uh, well, Caden, my little, my youngest boy, he is passionate about bugs. Mm-hmm. He my is, daughter too. He's, he pins, but like we got him a pinning kit for Christmas. And oh, cool. so he's been pinning them and we look them up and we learn all about them. And he really likes lizards too, but that's a new thing since we've lived here. So he has a connection with a Eastern fence lizard that he's refusing to release so we're gonna see how that goes <laughs> yeah. oh we need more pets we got chickens dog cat fish tanks oh that's wonderful yeah um i think it's interesting too that you were saying that you start your i guess formal schooling around 9 30 in the morning and you said mm-hmm. you guys are done around 12 30 mm-hmm. yep wow that's that's I mean, that's amazing. I mean, when we think about, you know, most children are in school from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning until 4 p.m. Right. And, you know, they're, they're really only doing like a formal schooling thing for about three hours a day. Right. Um, what does the rest of your day look like? Um, well, for me, I normally feed them lunch and then I send them on their way. They go outside and they play and whatever, unless they have chores to do or what responsibilities that they need to do. Um, normally put the baby down for her second nap at that time. And that's when I work and mm-hmm. I get some of my work done that I need to do. Um, and then we reconvene around dinner time. And there's right now we're doing our handicraft is cooking. So one night a week, each of them have to help me with dinner. Mm-hmm. So round four, I call somebody in for that and then we eat dinner and then they go to wrestling. I take them to wrestling. I come home, put the baby to bed. My husband picks them up on the way home. So I work after the baby. Well, I don't really work. I normally clean the kitchen and clean up all the baby toys and, you know, normal life stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they get home from wrestling. I give them a snack, they get a shower and then they go to bed shortly after. That's Awesome. Um, and I, I know you said that your children, um, like bugs, I'm curious, is that what inspired you to write your book about a boy and his butterfly? It is, it is. Yeah. Cause Tell us um, a little bit more about this book. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Leah Stein is, um, not only a mother, not also, not only a wife, not also a homeschooling mom, but she is also an author and an illustrator. Um, and so was that your first book that you published, Leah? Uh, yes. My only book so far. Okay. So, um, Leah has published a book. It's called a boy and his butterfly, and I will be sure to share the link. It is available on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. 
Yes, it is. So I'll be sure to share the link for that book if you would like to check it out. Can you tell us a little bit more about that book that you wrote and illustrated? Yeah, it is a book about a boy and his butterfly. Um, It's a book that goes through the life cycle of a butterfly from a monarch butterfly from egg to butterfly. And um, we've collected, we've always raised monarchs every year. Uh, We haven't done it for the past couple of years, but you buy that like kit from Amazon? No, we had um, at our last house, we had butterfly bushes and we had plants, um, milkweed for the monarchs. So when we'd see them lay the eggs, we'd take them and put them in the house. Oh, okay. So that we could raise them, make sure they were successful and then release them. Hmm. Because monarchs are, you know, they need to stay around. So we're trying to do our part and help them out. So anyway, so I thought a book about that would be great to help people understand what, how the actual cycle goes and they could teach their kids about it. And it is a living book, so it's not dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably, I mean, I think I have a friend who read it to her three-year-old and she understood it. And then, you know, I, she also has a fifth grader who enjoyed it also. Hmm. So it's a pretty broad age range. Um, and me and my friend Jen actually illustrated it because I do more... Uh, realistic paintings and Mm -hmm. she does more abstract paintings Mm -hmm. so in the book there's a combination of abstract and realistic so the butterfly and the cocoon and that stuff is all very realistic while the plants and stuff are more um abstract i love that so i um i published my first children's book um i wanted to say two years ago um and so thank you yeah um and um it's about essential oils so I created oh I love essential oils yeah me too (laughs) so um actually I created a a series it's called the crunchy kid series and um so the first one that I did was about essential oils and um I am not an artist at all and actually I feel like being a homeschooling mom is is what kind of gave me that push to do this book I don't know if you had a a similar experience but Mm -hmm. my children learning and pursuing their passions I was like I want to do that too yeah right (laughs) exactly yeah everybody should have that we should you know it's like uh, cultivating a love of learning isn't just something that our children do like it's something that we get to do too and even as adults we have our own goals and dreams and passions and interests and and yours is clearly writing like I know you're passionate about writing um and so being able to give ourselves those opportunities that we can pursue our own passions, even as adults, I think is so important, you know, to model that lifelong learning for our children. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, So that's wonderful. And I I know that um, you are someone that is passionate about writing. I'm curious, how do you encourage and inspire your children to also write? They hate writing. Oh, yeah. They don't do it unless I like convince them to. Mm -hmm. So that is just, it's not their thing. Mm -hmm. You can't, make my I can't make my passion be their passion that is very true so we do a lot of read alouds where I read to them Mm -hmm. um not because they can't read but because they absorb it better they like it better it's time for us to spend together yeah that you know they feel like right they feel like I'm doing it too and um so we really enjoy that but the writing part they don't enjoy it at all 
I try mm-hmm. to get them to um, last year. Well, they said this year's been a little wonky and last year was really wonky because the baby and everything mm-hmm. and the move. But the year before, every day we'd start our day off with writing a poem, mm-hmm. saying a poem. We'd each say a poem. So I wrote them all down. So I have like a book of all of our poetry from the year, oh, which is pretty cool. So I, that really helped them get creative. Mm-hmm. And um, there would be random times throughout the, the week where my youngest would be like, I got a poem. Mm-hmm. And he would just spew off some poetry. Uh-huh. And um, well, it was and cool. So I just, I would like to start that, that is- up again that is writing you know like being right. come up with a poem from your brain even if you're like speaking it out loud and you're the one that's transcribing it like that still counts as true writing, I guess know. I don't think of it that way but that is true that is true true I mean truly and you know I my um one of the ways that that I try to encourage, you know, because again, we don't have any curriculum. So one of the ways I try to encourage um, my daughter to write is I got one of those three-year journals. I don't know if you, are you familiar with those? Mm, It sounds familiar, but I don't know if you're talking about the same thing I'm thinking. I'll have to, I'll have to share it with you um, and I'll make sure that I put a link for that in the description because that is one of my favorite things that I could have ever bought, but it's a three-year journal for kids. And so basically it has one question that they answer every day, and then it gives them three lines. Um, so you go through the book and then at the end you go back and you start it from the beginning. Oh, and, okay. And it's really, it's so fascinating because, you know, they're able to see how their answers change every year. Right. Um, and they could see their growth or it's sometimes the answers stay the same, you know, it's cool to yeah. see that some of the things about their answers stay the same and some things are different. And, um, and so that was one way that I encouraged, you know, writing with her, but I started it when she was, um, when she was five turning six. Um, and so at that point, you know, she couldn't like, she could write briefly, but I mean, she wasn't going to write, right. you know, a big, long explanation about something and so that was one of the things that we would do if it would say like you know what animal do you feel like today and why you know she would write like dolphin and then I would write out whatever her and like the why part of it right oh that's Um, neat that sounds really neat yeah it is it's it's been really cool and then now over time you know I'm kind of giving her like it started with doing exactly what you did. Like she would just say her answers and I would write them or I would try to, you know, like give her the opportunity that she could write as much as she could or as much as she wanted to. And then sometimes she'd be like, mom, can you just write this answer? And I'd be like, sure, you know, yeah. and it was okay. And then now she's, she's doing more of it on her own. And, um, and so, you know, I guess that for me, that was really helpful to find like an organic way, like a natural way that she could have something meaningful to write about something that was meaningful for her. Yeah. Um, it's like it just it, prompts. Yeah. Like, and, and then there are questions about her. It's like, everyone likes to answer questions about themselves, <laughs> you know, especially as um, a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then now that we're going through it for the second time, you know, now she's like fascinated by it because now she can see what she wrote the year before. Um, and so that's been really cool for her to, to do that. But I, um, you know, for anyone who's, who's looking for natural ways to encourage their children to write, um, I think three-way journals, uh, or three-year journals are a great way to do that. Um, and yeah, so maybe, maybe you guys will have to get now that coming up, you'll have to check that out and, um, start in the new year or something like that. I think it's a, it's a great way to start the year off. 
are they dated pages or is it just you fill in the dates? Yeah, they're so it has the date, um, and then at the top, you know, every it has like one day, you know, for every day, and then um, you just fill in the year. So it will say twenty with like two dots next to it. So okay, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Um, but it will say, you know, January 1st, January 2nd, and it goes okay, gotcha. through the whole year. So um, it has all, you know, 365 days and it has one a different question on every single page. Um, and they just, you know, go through and share their answers. And um, so that's, that's one thing we've added to like our, our nighttime routine um, yeah. answering our one question of the day. We're a little bit behind because so, <laughs> um, that, you know, I'm not, so are you going to go back and fill in the missing days? We do. Yes, we do. Okay. So, um, if we, you know, if I miss a day or whatever, you know, we just, we go back and like catch up. So sometimes I'll go back and be like, okay, we're a week behind. We need to <laughs> seven <laughs> questions tonight. Um, and so we'll go back and do that. But, um, but I mean, she loves it and, and it's a great way too, for me to get to know her and, um, and, you know, just talk and connect and have those like conversations started yeah. I guess about you know her her thoughts and her opinions and some of the questions are funny and some are are you know more more serious or deep you know deeper questions and it's really profound to hear how her you know six-year-old self is answering these really deep and profound questions so right. um yeah so I definitely encourage um parents to check that out that's been a really really fun thing that we've done um, oh, nice. really like um, and so in addition to writing books, I know that you also help people with writing. Actually, you write, um, show notes and blog posts, right? Yes, I do. For podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, my business is Leah Sign Writing. Um, I actually started about three years ago, but I just repurposed and relaunched my business doing just strictly writing, which, um, is just awesome. I love it. And I help self-help, self-development podcasters. So pretty much anybody who helps somebody else is who I want to work with. Mm. And I help them with their show notes. So their description, because you want people to listen to your podcast. So you have to have good, solid show notes and blog posts for their episodes. That's awesome. Um, and actually before we, I started recording, we were talking about that, that, um, you know, I have, I have this podcast, but I never really thought about, um, you know, turning the podcast into a blog or something like that. And, um, so for other people that might have a podcast, um, I think Lee is a great person to connect with, um, because I, I saw on your website that you make a distinction between a transcription of your podcast versus a, a blog post. Is that correct? Right. Yes. So what, what's like the difference, I guess, between having a transcription versus having um, well, a transcription is really not going to pull anybody in. So it depends on what your goal is. If you're just looking for SEO and you're just looking to have it out there, a transcription is fine, but nobody's going to read it. So mm -hmm. don't expect anybody who would rather read to look at it because they're not going to. Um, but if you have a blog, that's a standalone thing. So like you could have your podcast and then you have your blog. And like for me personally, I love listening to podcasts, but I have three kids who always talk or make noise or interrupt me. And it takes me three days to listen to a 30 minute podcast unless I'm working. Yep. So I can read an article in five minutes. Mm. 
So I would rather sit there and cook dinner and read my, my blog post on my phone mm-hmm. while, you know, the multiple interruptions, which is okay. Cause I'm reading. Yeah. But, um, so that podcast that I wanted to listen to is never going to get listened to. And I'm not going to get that information because it's not in a blog. Mm. So there's a lot of people out there who don't have the time to listen or who would just rather read. Yeah. And the podcasters who aren't taking advantage of making a blog are missing all of those people. Mm. They're not connecting with them. They're not getting their information to them. And in turn, those people are missing out on them. Mm. That that's very, very true. And, um, but, and I really, I want to thank you for like, even bringing that to my attention. Cause now I'm like, hmm, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should start a blog that, you know, goes with my, with my podcast or something yeah. now, cause you're, you're right. And well, you can um, get your SEO from that too. You had your SEO and mm-hmm. a standalone story based on what you've already talked about. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. That's really cool. Um, so if anyone is listening and you do happen to have a podcast, um, but you're passionate about podcasting and maybe not as excited about writing, um, then you want to make sure that you reach out to Leah and have her help you with the writing piece. Cause that is something that she is passionate about and gifted at. And so, um, she'll be a wonderful person to know and connect with as you, Um, as you grow your podcast and grow your audience to not just meet the needs of listeners, but also meet the needs of readers. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Um, Do you have any tips for someone who might be starting a podcast like me? Um, I would say just do it. Just go for it and have fun with it. Enjoy yourself. If you're out there, I mean, depending on what you're doing it for, if you're doing it to help people, just feel that truly and you'll help people mm-hmm. you're going to reach you're going to attract the people that you are meant to attract mm. you're going to connect with the people you're meant to connect with yeah. if you're putting yourself out there in an authentic and true way you're going to attract those people so that's I all that. i have that's <laughs> and um and also i wanted to see if you had anything um if you could communicate one message to someone out there who's listening that is thinking about homeschooling is kind of on the fence what would you want to say to a parent out there who's considering homeschooling but is not quite sure yet what piece of advice would you have i would say when you make your decision really figure out why you're making that decision if you're making it out of a panic because of COVID or if you're making it out of a panic because you really want to do it and you just, now's the time, or if you're just have put it off and now you feel like you should do it, figure out why, because that's going to be your most important thing. That's going to be your driving factor when it gets hard. It's going to be your driving factor when you're like, I'm going to send you to public school. So <laughs> you need to make sure you really want it because it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for somebody who's just on a whim, wants to do it, you have to really want it. You have to feel it. You have to want to do it. You have to show up for your kids because they're going to feel it if you're not feeling it Mm. and they're going to rebel. Yeah. Because I went through that last year because I wasn't feeling it. I had the baby and we had a lot of struggles with the move and with COVID and all the things. And it definitely reflected and the kids didn't want to start school this year. And Mm. I was like, why? every year we do do this. And they were just like, it was bad last year. And I was like, Oh my God, it was, it really was. 
So I was like, that's it. I'm not doing that again. I'm, I'm not going to let it be like that again. So make sure that you have your why in line. And that's what's a, your why? My why is family time is to be with them. And so to be with my husband and to have that good, solid family dynamic, because not everybody gets that opportunity and you only have kids once you only have them when they're kids once. That is so true. So once they grow up, they grow up. They do. And it, and I, it goes by so, so, so fast. And they're only, you know, they're only little for so long. I know. Uh, I feel like I click my eyes and well, it's like now I have the baby. So it's like I'm comparing the baby and then my 12 year old who's taller than me. <laughs> and I'm like, what happens? Where did my yeah. little chubby cheek, cute little boy go? <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a, that's a thing that's in my face every day. I'm like, wow, I got to cherish all of it. Yeah. And I want to cherish all of it. That's beautiful. So that's, that's my why. My why is for family. And I'm not going to lie and say that I don't threaten them and say, you're going to public school if you don't shape up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I don't know that I would actually send them or not, but, you know, haven't has, had to come down to that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, I think being able to be home with our children is one of the greatest gifts that we can give to them, you know, to be able to have that, that time with us as their parents and to be able to connect with them in in meaningful ways and share yeah. literally the best part of our day because well I don't know about your children but I feel like even for me like I am my best in the morning you know it's and then it's like <laughs> at the end of the day I'm just exhausted and it's, yes I look at all these parents that send their children to school and I'm like you're missing out on the best part of your kid when they're right. when they're early in the morning when they're awake and they're excited and they're passionate and then at the end of the day, when we get them, you know, they're, they're tired and they're stressed and they're like decompressing from all the, you know, yeah. crazy that they experienced at school. And, and it's like, we get the, you know, the leftovers, I guess you could say like at the end of the day when they're stressed and tired and. Right. Um, well, and I feel like we know each other better. Like, yeah. you know, like the beat the parents game, for example, like we can't even play it because we know everything about each other. What is, what is the beat the parents game? It's a game that it asks like different things about the parents, like the kids against the parents and uh-huh. they ask different facts. Like, I don't know what their favorite color, you uh-huh. know, things like that. Like there's cards, there's different, two different games. It's a board game and a card game. The card game though, we can't even really play it because we know everybody's answers. <laughs> so it's like, it's boring because we know everything about each other. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, you know, it's good though, because I, I, I can't tell you how many parents that I I've seen as a teacher that are just so disconnected from, yeah. from their children. And, um, and it's not their fault. It just happens. Life happens. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to seem like, you know, that they're bad parents or, you know, because that they, their full-time jobs that they're any less or they're doing it wrong because they're not, mm-hmm. but it, there's definitely a difference in the, the relationship and, and it also is, it also depends on how you make that relationship when you are with them. Mm-hmm. That is, that is very true. I mean, you know, just, just because you're home all day with your kids doesn't necessarily mean that you're present with them. You exactly. Know, Cause there are times where I'm not, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, me I too. know, I know it cause it's, I have a lot going on. I've, 
have a business to run. I have three kids. I have a house to take care of. I mean, my husband works. He goes in at like 6.30 every morning and he's home. He brings the kids home from wrestling at eight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's literally gone all day. Yeah. So you're really having to hold down the fort, right. you know, for, for the majority of the day. Right. Um, and, and it's a lot, but yeah. And, and so even though like you're with them all the time, um, and, and I know I definitely have that, that too, like, you know, last year when we were home, uh, we, we did virtual online teaching. And so I was mm-hmm. physically here in the house all day. Um, but even though I was here, you know, I wasn't fully present with, right. with my children. Um, and so even if you are homeschooling, you know, it's important to remember that you can be physically there and not emotionally like connecting with them or investing, um, with them. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that um, any parent that is listening to this will be just reminded to make the most of every moment that you have with your little ones, um, because it does, it goes by so fast. I know everybody says that and you don't believe it. And then you like blink. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's like you blink and it's, and it's gone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Leah. Well, um, I wanted to ask you too, is there, if there are people that are listening that want to get connected with you, maybe they want your services um, about, you know, blog posting for their podcasts, or they're wanting to connect with you to learn more about homeschooling. um, How can people get connected with you? Um, My website is leahstein.com. It's S-T-I-N-E. So everybody spells it wrong. Um, (laughs) But I do have two different uh, social media accounts, one for more of my homeschooling and one for more of my business. Okay. So my business is Leah Stein writing. And then my homeschooling is the outside thinkers. I used to have a blog based on outside studies and things like that. So Uh that's what that's based on more nature studies and things like that. So you can connect with me anywhere you'd like. I'd be happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much for joining us today on the Peaceful World Schoolers podcast. I hope that this episode was a blessing for all of you listening today and for your families. Remember that new episodes are released every single Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you will not miss out on a single episode. Um, if you would like to continue supporting, supporting me or get connected with Leah, please be sure to check out the show notes. Um, maybe Leah, you can help me write the show notes for this Definitely. one. <laughs> that would be awesome. So yeah, take a look at the show notes and, um, and I want to thank you guys for continuing to, to, um, just share in this, um, share this podcast with, um, with your friends and with your family and to continue to spread a message of love and connection and peace, um, with our children. Um, All right. I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.